Welcome to the Awaken to Grace podcast. We have another conversation for you guys today. I am your host, Eric Davis. I'm with our pastor, Chad Roberts, our student pastor, Glenn Stewart. We are all pastors at our church, Preaching Christ Church. And uh, today we're going to be talking about this pandemic, COVID-19. And we've got a few principles and points for you guys to stick to what Scripture says, some practical things. So stick around. It's going to be a good one. glad you're joining us today on Awaken to Grace, and we are talking about this global pandemic, this mess that the entire world is in. We are all in this together. We're all in the same boat, and today we're going to share with you from our perspective as pastors what the Bible says about these unprecedented days that we're living in. Um, If you're listening to this uh, during the actual pandemic, then you know that we are seeing sweeping changes happen all over our nation, things that we have never seen in our lifetimes. And there are many people who are afraid right now. They are afraid because they may contract the virus. They are afraid because of the uh, nonstop media coverage and what the media is saying about this virus. They're fearful over their jobs because so many are off of work right now. Sh- businesses are shut down. Schools are closed. Some are losing their income entirely because their business cannot sustain. And so they have the economic fear. And there's just so much fear. There are many people right now, they have loved ones who are in nursing homes that they cannot even go visit them because everything is shut down, everything is on lockdown. And today we're going to talk about how are Christians supposed to respond to this? How, what does the Bible say we are to do? And as pastors, we're going to talk our way through this. We're going to talk about how the church is built for times just like this. So one thing so far in in this whole mess that I found very interesting about myself, and I think you know people in our circle, some friends of ours, they were similar to my thought process in at the very beginning when it came out in in Wuhan, China. Um, I don't know that I took it very seriously. You know, I, I I didn't think that it would turn into what it's turned into, and now we're watching so many crazy things happen. Um, and, and Chad, I guess for my question for you is when did you really know that, okay, we have a problem? I think I think I got pretty serious about this in early January. Um, you know, it came out in Wuhan around, um, I think it was mid or late December that numbers started coming out. Uh, I listened to what I think in my mind are several really smart people who are, you know, who analyze the news and things like that. And they, one of the first things they said when this began coming out of China is you cannot trust the numbers. Whatever the Chinese government is saying most likely is not accurate. It is much, much worse. And so, you know, uh, Eric, we have a podcast getting ready to release on food storage Yep. And we kind of talk about my history of prepping, and this is the kind of event that I've been preparing for for a long time. And uh, I remember 
uh, almost uh, Sadie almost laughing at me, but I told Sadie in maybe mid-January, I said, you need to go to Sam's and you need to stock up right now. And uh, she's, you know, kind of gave a nervous laugh, like, uh, are you serious? And I said, yeah, we need to stock up now. And I think for me, um, just <clears throat> when it really started to affect my day-to-day -day life, you know, um, businesses are shut down. They've mm -hmm. canceled the NCAA tournaments. That they, was a big one. They canceled the NBA. Um, you know, well, the NBA is up in the air, but I mean, they, they in the middle of an NBA game, yeah. you know, they came out and said, we're done, shut it down. Yeah. You know, so when it really started to affect things that I was interested interested in or deeply involved with or yeah. work or things like that, that's when I really knew, like, okay, this is a real problem. And, you know, when the NBA shut down like that and then the NCAA right after it, I mean, it was within days that Disney shut down. I mean, everything, at least in the entertainment world, everything was closing at the same time. And that's when I'm, you know, there's always those theories out, well, you know, it's an election year. And so many don't want Trump to get reelected. And so there's all these theories, you know, all of this is, uh, you know, this is being blown up because, well, here's my view of it. I don't think companies like Disney, companies like the NCAA and the NBA and all these sports, Major League Baseball, they're not going to light fire to billions of dollars simply because they don't like Trump. Uh, I knew then this is way – when the NCAA canceled, that was a tripwire for me that this is a major, major event. Yeah, I think for me there was really two things. One, as you guys said, the entertainment shutting down. But you see in pictures of Times Square in New York City have like four people on the streets. Like that's unheard of in Times Square. The city that never sleeps is sleeping right now is what people are saying. But the big thing for me is when local schools start shutting down – I get it shutting down for a day or two for cleaning if the flu breaks, something like that. But uh, we just got word this week that the Board of Education in Virginia is shutting down for the rest of the year and colleges are closing for the rest of the year and all the spring sports. And, I mean, these these athletes and these young students, and they're missing out on opportunities of learning and, and playing sports and getting involved with things. That's how I know that um, it is a – pandemic and it needs to be taken mm -hmm. serious because when schools start to shut down i mean that's that's a big deal i think my kids school shut down for three solid weeks and uh i've asked multiple teachers if they think we're going to go back to school in tennessee and they're all saying no i think the academic year's done yeah i'm uh, hearing from teachers that's what they're prepping for teachers are preparing to i mean they're they're having to go in like last week uh, they had to go in two days that I've teachers that I'm hearing from went in and had to prepare. Uh, they had two days to prep lessons for the rest of the semester. Uh, even down as like kindergartners, kindergarten teachers having to prep homeschool for for parents, which makes another epidemic on the or the pandemic on the parents because they're having to figure out how to you know childcare if they have, if they are essential personnel and I mean they're having to figure out how to teach their students the the work and all this stuff again so. It, I think it's pretty serious when education. I think another thing that surprised me was when so many restaurants shut their dining halls down, and it's drive-through or takeout only. Uh, I know it's making me really prioritize what are my favorite places to go eat because I can't go there now. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well, here's what's for me. This is what's fun and interesting. I mean, if if you want to call it fun, um, something that I've loved the last, I guess, about four weeks is the opportunity that has been seen and taken for us to be 
the church. We talk about all the time that, you know, we're, we're going to meet in our buildings and we're going to do our thing. And now we can't. Now we can't meet in our buildings. And so we've had to find other avenues. But but outside of just a corporate body setting, we have witnessed and watched people be the church. And and I just want to read the scripture that when all this kind of came out um, and we, we knew that we were going to have to shut our churches down and we, we knew that we weren't going to be able to meet as a, as a body, this was the, the first scripture that kind of came to my mind. It's 2 Corinthians 9, 7. And it says, each one must give as he has decided in his heart, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. So what this means for us is, as as Christians, as believers, this is our time to give. This is our time to give our prayer. This is our time to give some of us, give our resources. This is our time to give our literal time to pull off live broadcasts and things that we've had to work extra and work over to do. Not And I don't mean just from a, a church staff perspective. I mean from a congregation perspective. We've seen people really step up and, and really show the love of God through their actions and not only through what they post on Facebook. Yeah, uh, and, and I think this is this is going to bring out the best in America. You know, we're we're all living neck breaking, fast paced lives, and I think the good that we're going to see come from this is I think families are going to slow down. Uh, every most every one of us are just far too busy. And we don't spend the time with our kids that we need to. We don't spend time at home like we should. We don't spend time with the Lord like we should. And I think this event is going to cause us to reprioritize what matters to us, what's important to us. And I I know we're doing that right now as a family, just just my family. We're spending far more time with each other, and, and we're enjoying each other a lot more. And we're enjoying hitting pause on our fast-paced life. And uh, I think we're going to see some great things come from that in our society. And what an opportunity that parents have to show um, to show leadership under uncertain times and to sit with their kids and pray with them because that's the most important thing we can do, I think, right now. As a nation, as a body, as a people, the number one thing that we can do right now is just pray for each other, pray for um, the ones that are affected and, and, and just... A trusting I may, that the Lord's going to lead us through. I may have went the opposite direction with that this morning because my kids are terrible at leaving their stuff outside, right, like most kids are. And so this morning, and we're always on our kids, take your stuff in. Don't leave your hoverboard, your skateboard, your rollerblades, you know, bikes, all this stuff that kids have. And we're like, stop leaving it in the yard. Bring it inside. And so this morning, a police officer drove up into our circle and sat for a few seconds and then drove on. And my girls, who are nine and six, saw them. Emmy's getting ready to be seven in a week or two. And so uh, my girls immediately were like, Dad, what's that cop doing? What's that police officer doing? Why are they in our circle? And uh, I said, oh, no. Oh, no. I said, Sadie. I heard on the news that they're looking for children to send to Washington, D.C. during this virus to vaccinate and test on. And I said, I bet they're driving around figuring out where kids live based on stuff in the yard. I said, girls, is your stuff outside? They freaked out. It was hilarious. And I only let them freak out for a second. And then I told them I was kidding. And then uh, they they hit me pretty good. (laughs) 
So let's uh, let's jump into some practical things um, that we can do. Uh, we have you know a couple more uh, scripture references that we can pull here. But Chad, I, I just want to talk about real quick two things, um, things that we've gone over uh, the last couple weeks as, as we've talked about our approach, just um, as a staff and as a church, how we're going to approach this COVID nineteen uh, pandemic. The number one thing that has been what we've talked about the most is we're not going to have a spirit of fear. Right. I mean, fear is in some ways as powerful as faith is. And that's why you can't have two coexisting. Either fear is going to push out faith or faith is going to push out fear. It's been well said. If you feed your faith, your fears will starve to death. Now, this is a very fearful thing. I'm not saying that believers should stick their head in the sand and pretend like it's not happening. That's the last thing we should do. But we also should not be panicking because the Bible says in 1 Thessalonians 4, we're not children of the night, that these things should overtake us. When it says these things, I think it means end times events. And I think what we're seeing happening in the world right now are the end times unfolding. I think we've been living in the end times for quite a while, but I think now we're in the end days of the end times. And we're seeing literally the Bible unfold. And the Bible has a great deal to say about plagues and pestilence. That's what we're seeing. That's what this COVID, this novel coronavirus, that's what this is. And so I think it's part of prophecy being fulfilled. And the Bible says when it comes to these things, we're not children of the night, that these things should overtake us. We're children of the day. You know, I heard a report on the news this morning about a couple in Arizona in their 60s. And they were so fearful over this. There is a certain drug, I can't remember the exact name of it, but the the uh, FDA and the Trump administration and, you know, CDC, all these people are hoping that this drug that's been around for a while, it fights malaria, but they're hoping that it will have uh, positive effects against corona. Well, this couple was so fearful, they tried to get their hands on this drug, and the name sounds very similar to the actual drug that fights malaria. They got the wrong one. It is actually some kind of solution used in large aquariums. It killed the husband, and the wife right now is in critical condition. And I thought, gosh, Lord, how sad that these people are so fearful that they'll just they'll take anything thinking it's going to protect them. Yeah, and one thing I would like to say just regarding fear is don't lose your head over fear. Um, first of all, cast out fear, which is just it's all over scripture but you know one thing we've been talking about um as far as the scripture reference goes and and we've been praying over ourselves is psalm 91 the entirety of it yeah it's all about um our refuge and our fortress being in the lord um so we encourage you to just read psalm 91 and pray that over yourself over your family um and one thing that's really important to to me as i've seen uh the explosion on social media over this let's be really careful the data that we take in, um, where we get our, where we source our information yes. from. If you hear something that sounds sensational, <clears throat> take a beat, breathe on it for a minute, mm-hmm. let it go for a day. Don't make snap judgments on things that you see on Twitter and things that you see on Facebook. Wait for credible news sources to come out for yeah. you to hear it from um, our government, from places like that, um, because 
in my opinion, this is the, the story you just referenced about this couple. Um, it was a it was a sensational thing. It, there was no true real data to back it up. It was yeah. just an idea. It was something that said, hey, we think we may have something here. Give us some time. It was really meant for hope. Um, so just like I said, when, when these things come out and they seem um, big, just take a second, wait for data to come out on it. Don't freak out. It's going to be okay. Yeah, I think it's a lot about doing your homework as well. Like you were saying, take a day on it, really process it, see where it's coming from, how credible is the is the is the source to what you're doing. Um, I think it's important that uh, you know, it, and again, you know, the do not fear, do not be afraid, those things. Um, I believe, to my knowledge, there's a, a roughly 365 references of do not be afraid. Do not be fearful in the Bible, which is really cool if you look at the calendar year. That's about one for every day that we're in. Um, so the Bible is very clear. We don't have to be afraid. I like the scripture, too. If we are afraid, you know, they cast your anxieties upon the Lord because he cares for us. Like he truly cares about who we are and uh, he wants us to cast those those cares upon him. So, Chad, we've been practicing uh, as a country social social distancing. Um, there's this theme right now, that, and they're calling it flatten the curve. So they're asking people to stay in their homes, not gather in large quantities. Um, so where do you see us going from here? Well, I don't think anyone truly knows the answer to that. I think, um, you know, there are some who think that Everyone, after being pent up in their homes, that when this is over, they're just going to spend money like there's no tomorrow because people have been pent up. And that very well may be true. It, it, it may really bolster the economy. There are other people that I listen to who, in my view, are very smart people who believe this is going to lead to a depression. And I think as Christians, we need to think through that. I think we need to think... Uh, what does that look like for my family, for my employment, for my faith? What would that look like? <clears throat> so I don't think anyone really knows the answer. The people who I listen to the most, uh, at the time I think this podcast is going to be released at the 1st of April, um, I don't know when we're going to peak in our numbers of how many are infected. We don't know what's going to happen with hospitals. We, you know, they're, they're prepping aggressively for hospitals to be overran. We just don't know. And the smartest people that I listen to think that we're going to be hunkered down like this until Memorial Day. They're, they're thinking the end of May, the 1st of June. Now, will that be the case? No one truly knows. Um, here's what I do know, okay? This is the fact that I do know. Before this event happened, and this is how we have to view this, okay? America can handle many, many crises. Uh, you take a devastating earthquake on the coast. We can handle that. You take a severe hurricane up the East Coast. America can band together, rally together. We can handle it. Someone very smart said, what America cannot handle is an earthquake in every single town and every single city. What America cannot handle is a hurricane in every single town, every single city, or a blizzard in every town, every city. That's what this COVID-19 is. It is an event in 
every single town. Now, where it goes from here, um, here here's what I was going to say. This is the fact. The recession that we saw in 2008, the housing, remember the housing crisis. It was the housing market bubble that burst. Some believe we're going to see a currency burst, a money burst. The money bubble is going to burst. Um, the reason why some very smart people believe this is because the Fed and, um, and our, our uh, governmental leaders are injecting unlimited, unthinkable amounts of money into the stock market, into the economy. So here's what we know, okay? This is a fact. When the recession happened in 2008, America has a recession about every so many years, I'm afraid to say without looking it up real quick. I don't want to tell people wrong, but we're basically, we're in a cycle. And we have a recession every so many years. A recession is not something to be terribly fearful over. What made the last recession so bad is all the quantitative easing, all the printing of money that our government has done. So there's big ramifications for that. And so the recession almost turned into a depression. So here's the fact. Here's what we know. The experts have been saying the next time that we face a crisis like 2008, it's going to be far worse. Now, why do they say it's going to be far worse? Because we keep printing money. And right now, they are printing unthinkable sums of money. Literally unthinkable. What was... What was um, what floored people in 2008 is a drop in the bucket to what they're doing right now today. So with that being said, if the next bubble that bursts in our economy is our money, we will see a depression. And I don't, I don't think it will be a depression like in the 30s. Um, because, you know, if you study that depression, the stock market crashed in October 29, and then the depression happened in the 30s. What made that so much worse was the famine that happened in the Midwest. So you add the, the economic side to it with the famine side to it, and you had a very, very disastrous situation. So I don't know if we'll see that, but here's what we do know. There were many who died during the depression of starvation, and you think how many farms, and you think how many people grew their own food compared to today? Hardly anyone grows any food. Now that is something to think about. I think if we see a depression out of this, I think, again, Christians should be ahead of the curve. We're not children of the night that these things should overtake us. We're built for calamity. We are built for times of hardship. And we need to be thinking right now, how do we care for our families? How do we care for our neighbors? How do we care for the elderly that's in our lives and around us? And how do we care for 
our own congregation, for our own church family. I think those, I think that's a conversation that's worth having because right now we are living in unprecedented times. Do we panic? Absolutely not. But do we prepare? Absolutely. So, Chad, as you were talking uh, about the recession, I was actually looking that up, and this is according to Forbes. So there's a recession in the United States about every five to seven years. And what Forbes is saying is we are almost five years past due for a recession because we've been artificially propping up the economy and the stock market uh, for, I guess, a little over the last decade. Well, and that was another tripwire that I was looking for. You know, we talked about the NCAA, the NBA. We talked about schools closing. We talked about all these major signs that told us this is a big deal. Well, you look what's happened to the stock market. You know, in 2008, they implemented some new rules in the stock market, and one of them was if stocks fell, I think it's 7% in one day, the, it, it trips a break or a circuit is yep. what they call it. Yep. And literally, they unplug the market. I mean, it goes offline for 15 minutes. And then, you know, everybody gathers themselves, uh, calms down, makes some phone calls, do whatever, and then trading resumes. Well, if it drops, I believe it's 13%, then it trips it a second time. And then they shut down for 15 minutes again, let everybody calm down, then it resumes. If the market falls 20% in one day, they literally stop trading for the day, everybody goes home. Pretty remarkable, and I think last week, I think it was, or the week before, we saw that circuit tripped, I think it was four times in one week. Has never happened. So there's some big things at play. There's some big things going on. And uh, I think it's some underlying, uh, well, it's, it's warning signs. And, uh, and I think we're in for a really, really bumpy several months. I was just going to say from my knowledge of it, which is not great, but I have done some research. You know, they, they do shut it down at 20%, but... I mean, how many days, and I don't know the numbers of this, but my thinking is how many days have been like 17, 18% that didn't really close it for the day, but the stock market took a devastating hit. You talked about four days in one week, but we've seen there's been days where it's down, you know, 13, 14% every day, every day of the week. That can't be good for it either. So obviously, um, based on our history, all, all signs point to a recession, possibly a depression, so when it comes to the church, the church world to um, believers, where do you see it going from here for us? Well, I think we're going to have some really exciting days in the church. Again, it's important to know history. Uh, it's important that we go back and, and study history. And if you look at what happened in America, now think about this. You think of the roaring 20s. Um, American life was similar to how it is today. Families were prospering. They were making money. People had jobs. People were investing in the stock market. And for many in the 20s, particularly that decade, many left the church because life was good. Life was prosperous. People were not concerned about their spiritual state or they weren't concerned about God. The stock market crashed in October of 29, 
And then the depression came a few years later in the 30s. Now, it was then that America flooded back to the church. It's then that the average family got really serious about God and about their faith. And now you look at American society through the 40s and through the 50s, and, and you look at how strong America emerged out of World War II. You look at how strong the church was in that period and how strong the moral fabric of America was at that time period. Now, the 60s was a horrible decade for America. I mean, you had you know so many assassinations, the Kennedys and MLK, and you had the civil rights movement and segregation, and you just had all of these really, really hard things, uh, you know, happening in America in the 60s and the 70s were difficult. Of course, in the 70s, you had the Jesus movement that came. You had the charismatic renewal that came and led us into the 80s and into, you know, at least us in this room, you know, our lifetime. And and now you look at America today from really, you know, you, you look the 90s and the 2000s. People are prospering again. Um you know, people have jobs, and at least for me, I think back to those roaring 20s and what it must have been like. I, I think that if we see a depression, I think if we see things get worse, especially before they get better, I think the church needs to brace itself because I think we're going to see people, I think we're going to see families flood back to God and back to the church, and we need to be prepared for that. Absolutely. Um, Chad, thank you so much for your insight today. Um, I know you you follow this stuff closely. You study it. You study history. Um, you keep you keep current with everything that's happening. So we just really appreciate your heart for that. Um, and if you wouldn't mind, why don't you just go ahead and close us out in prayer today? And let's just leave on a note of hope. Great. Well, I invite all of our listeners to pray with me right now, except unless you're driving. You can pray with your eyes open. <laughs> let's pray together right now. Lord, We do look to you in this hour, in this time of calamity, in this time of uncertainty and unknown. We look at what happened in China. God, we see what's happening in Italy. Oh, God, we pray for the Italians, Lord. It is heartbreaking what is happening in Italy right now. Lord, we see what's going on in Spain We see what's happening in France. We see Germany. Father, there are some very devastating things happening with this coronavirus. And Lord, we pray for our people, for the country. We pray for the United States of America. And God, we ask you to forgive our deep and our gross sins. We ask you to forgive our arrogance toward you. We ask you to forgive us for every time, every situation that we have kicked you out of our society. And now here we are, Lord, right now, there's no cure, there's no treatment, there's no vaccine, there's no answer for this novel COVID-19. Lord, I pray that America will once again look to you for far too long. We as families, we have put our hope, we've placed our joy, we've put our security in our jobs, in our 401ks, 
in our assets, in our stocks, in IRAs. God, we repent of that. We repent. So, Lord, may you have mercy upon our country. May you have compassion upon the world. And may you give humanity your grace as never before in the midst of this global pandemic. And for those of us who are believers, we believe, we pray, and we stand on Psalm 91 that you will give your angels charge concerning us and our households and that no plague, including COVID-19, will come nigh our dwelling in the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. 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 Thank you so much. Thank you guys so much for listening and tuning in today. We've got some great episodes on the way. Um, let's be filled with hope. Uh, again, that was Psalms 91. Pray that over yourself. Pray that over your family. We hope you enjoyed this uh, edition of ATG Conversations, and we'll see you in the next one.